We are live. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Plot Lines. I'm your host, Connor, and I hope all of you really enjoyed yesterday's episode with Apostolic Majesty Elena Maria Vidal and the great Charles Coulomb. I'm going to continue on uh, um, with Charles' themed episode today. We're talking about Charles Coulomb's book, Puritan's Empire, a Catholic perspective on American history. And I, I joked yesterday that when you are interviewing or talking to Charles or when he writes a book, you learn about all of history. And that's not entirely true, but it's uh, basically the premise is that you you learn such a great deal of information that you wouldn't expect necessarily from the type of sort of uh, you know history book. So, like if you picked up a history book about the same topic about uh, Puritan's Empire, a there's not a lot of uh, Catholic specifically history books. You probably would still start with um, Puritans, and you'd start with the, um, the, the that part of the colonization, and then the the way you'd interact with Europe or European civilization or Christianity would be how it connects directly with the founding of the United States. But this is what I see as the key, uh, the key factor in the problem with uh, um, the American way we teach history. If the first Christians you learn about is Puritans, we have a problem. I remember when I was growing up, there was like a Thanksgiving uh, play or something like that, or, where you, or a musical or something like that. When I was in kindergarten, we, you know, it was like, you know, in, in Indians and um, Puritans, and it was kind of the, uh, rem, you know, sort of the staging the first Thanksgiving, which uh, is is very much not the first Thanksgiving. If anybody uh, know, knows that, you could argue the first Thanksgiving was in Saint Augustine, Florida, or you could say that when the Vikings arrived. Under Leif Erikson, there was probably mass, but they may not have been mass. So if they didn't have mass, then I guess there probably wasn't. But, you know, Eucharist means Thanksgiving. So therefore, the first Thanksgiving in the United States really was in America, was uh, in Spain, or sorry, was Spanish Florida. Because if you're looking at America as the colonies that existed prior, that means you still have to take account the French colonies the Spanish colonies, why Why are you just counting the English colonies? We, we get it that they, you know, the 13 colonies were then the ones that founded the United States, but slowly the same people that founded, or the, the descendants of the people that founded, you know, Florida, Texas, California, Louisiana, all of these people were sort of brought into the United States eventually. And one of the great things about this history book is that you get, a lot of very small stories. It's a pretty hefty book. I think it's like something like 700 pages. So Charles put a lot of, a lot of work into this and, you know, he just knows 
like he goes into like the history of different regions at di- at different points in history so you can sort of see how these different places uh changed over time and i know some of you probably were when you saw the thumbnail might have expected charles to be on this episode no he's he's not he's not going to be on this uh um episode because you know he's a very busy guy but uh book spotlight is where i get the chance to tell you about a book i've read or am reading or something like that that i want to highlight that i want to put a spotlight on because i find it important uh the first one i did was the habsburg way which i thought was perfect because it was right after my interview with the great Archduke Edward Habsburg. Second one was the Young Man's Guide by Father Lassance. And this one's Puritan's Empire. It gives you such a... like So a lot of the stuff, a lot of the times when you're studying American history, you don't get a lot of European history, which means you don't fully understand the context in which the American history is happening. Because they even though you had to cross the Atlantic to get to the United States, there was so much uh, connectivity between in, uh, Great Britain still with and its colonies. So you, you almost can't have an American history without fully, without understanding at least something that's going on with, in Europe. Um, and also they're just, because there's not a lot of, American uh, Catholics in the sort of the intellectual world throughout American history, he, uh, Charles gets uh, lets uh, you or allows you to be highlighted, a, like smaller instances where you can find like where churches were built, where these German immigrants arrived and influenced the land in Wisconsin or Indiana or Illinois, stuff like that, and how, you know, much much more detailed, and obviously, so history always has a bias whenever it's being told. That's something we all need to understand, is that when you were in history class, when you were a kid, you were getting told what was the prevailing opinion, or what people wanted you to believe. Obviously, it's important to understand, you have to understand history through a lens. Now, as a Catholic, that's my lens that I I need to look at history through. It, just as I look through uh, politics and I look through uh, what's, what's val- like um, what I want to accomplish in life, what is good and what is bad, the way you... The, this is morality. You can only do that with a worldview. If you're looking at history and you're, you know, how do you know what's good and what's bad? That That's an important thing to know when you're studying history because you need to decide whether or not something was a mistake that you don't want to make again. Because that's the quote. I think it's, uh, uh, the, uh, if you don't study history, you're doomed to repeat it. This is the important aspect. If you don't know what's good or bad about history, you are doomed to repeat it. And I think that's really what 
they mean when it comes to sort of the uh what is it the like that that phrase if you're you're doomed to repeat history because you don't know what's right and wrong if you just go with the conventional opinion on history you're you're going to fall into this uh mr c uh is is here uh welcome mr c wig view of history is the default position when i went to public school in the late 90s early 2000s yeah that's uh i imagine england mostly but uh that is, i think uh the kind of the liberal position um which is kind which i imagine in today's schools has gone into basically the progressive position you know it's not just the uh, this this liberal ideology what's good or bad it's the progressive opinion which is basically everyone that came before you was bad and didn't know anything and was ignorant and you should revile them which is completely ridiculous because people will see us the same way so let's not teach our kids and the next generations to revile everyone that came before them because you know what there there are good things and bad things about every generation in some ways you know look at the hippie generation they brought a lot of the um drugs sex and you know and destroyed a lot of uh the what's the, the social norms but they also want they wanted to end war and they wanted to uh uproot the machine but the problem is they just became part of the machine they didn't know it they got they got sort of brainwashed into being part of the machine again also, like you get to see a lot of the stuff. So, in 18th century, uh, sorry, in the 1800s, the Catholic Church is not very well um, detailed in histories. Like what what was going on? Um, you know, you you get sort of this. You you don't get the politics of it. You don't get that with pretty much any telling of history. You never look back at the Aryan crisis. You never look. You you get that with the Protestants because the Protestants broke away. You get that because they they survived. They um the Protestants, uh, well, they destroyed everything, but in some sense they flourished because they, they were able to achieve this. You know this in a, a point where they were completely independent from the Catholic Church and they so they completed their revolution while in the in uh in a lot of these like heres with a lot of these heresies and stuff like that you don't really get uh a you don't get the you don't get the um the story of it you don't get the principal story of it you don't get that either with 1800s Catholic Church in the 1800s Catholic Church there was this internal battle struggle between the german catholics and the irish catholics basically the americanist catholics versus the ultramontanist catholics those who wanted to uh, look to rome for guidance and look for look to rome for beliefs and views and how how to evangelize the united states and then you had the americanists who basically wanted to merge with the society that they were living in and not necessarily like be the same wanted to be a part of society fully 
which uh, you don't really get. I I never heard that or never considered that until I read Puritan's Empire. Puritan's Empire opened a whole nother sort of gate for me in uh, in the study of American history. It's interesting that also the study of the Confederacy and the South. I don't really have specific opinions necessarily on the South. It seems to me same kind of similar to England between the Whigs and the Tories. Like you had these, you had some positives, but you, but they were just as lost in some ways, maybe not as, um, as broken kind of, it's, it's kind of like looking at George the third and his battle with par- battles with parliament and, you know, getting a, a Tory majority and stuff like that versus the Whigs and the Whigs undermining him at every step. It's hard because in, in, in a lot of ways they're both wrong. So it's kind of like modern American society. You're it's basically who are you voting for in an election is the lesser of two evils. It's not a fun situation to be in. I I personally like my history <laughs> clear cut. And maybe there's individuals that have stories within that that are much more clear cut. And that and that's probably something, but it's it's hard to look at American history in in these ways, and not see sort of this uh, this complex set, uh, grouping of a variety of problems, as well as people that were trying to do a little better, but didn't get the full picture. That's one of the irksome things about being an American. You really don't have the traditions. You don't really have. You've started, you're coming from a revolutionary government to begin with, and you really don't have the institutions that you can look to or try and uh, restore. You, you can't really restore the, uh, these these institutions. And that's really, you know, that's the, the history of America is basically the uh, certain people, Catholics mostly, and sometimes, you know, uh, you know, other like high ch- high church Anglicans or something like that, trying to restore a little bit of um, um, trying to restore a little bit of the vestiges of the past, but failing. They they can't really get any um, they can't get any control because they've kept they're kept out of. Uh, the American life and it culminates with JFK basically telling everyone that his Catholic faith won't mean anything in his decision-making and that the, the Pope can't tell him what to do and that sort of thing. You know, it's, it's just a disappointing thing. A violent revolution. Yes. I mean, it starts with a violent revolution, but Exploring also in this book what America could have been, what Catholic America looked like, what Spanish America looked like, what French America looked like, and even sort of the story of Lord Baltimore and and Maryland. You know, that those types of things are very interesting. Uh, 
And if you want to give sort of a, get a better understanding of colonialism, at least the first stage of colonialism, probably, be, I mean, I don't know if I'd consider the French, you know, French Canada, 13 colonies, Spanish um, America, the same way as like imperialism of, of like the 1800s. In 1900s, those are very different times, and I think that's why we sort of colloquially differentiate between colonialism and imperialism, even though obviously empires came about through colonialism. But a lot of the times, those colonies eventually just became independent. You know, I mean, 1492 is when when everything really started, and then by like 1820 i think the most colonies that were created prior to that except for in india and you know the and uh south africa and like the eastern um the, the eastern uh in asia you know really became their own groups a lot of that had to do with napoleon a lot of that had to do with the American Revolution and that sort of thing. And then the American Revolution is basically, you know, in the same way Napoleon really spread the Napoleonic Revolution and the French Revolution, well, not Napoleonic Revolution, but Napole uh, French Revolution to the rest of Europe, America really spread the American Revolution all across North and South America with the Monroe Doctrine. And it basically was you know, European nations, you're not going to interfere with the United States or with North and South America, but we're going to do it all the time. You know, that's just, it's just not you. You can't do it, but we can totally do it. Like that's, that's no problem. We're going to, we're going to destabilize. We're going to mess with all the, you know, conservative or traditional leaning, uh, governments in Latin America and you know we're in in some ways in that in those ways we're or the United States is very much responsible for the collapse of uh, civilization in certain parts of Latin America and the sort of the impoverished nature of Latin America. But people always look to like the CIA and stuff like that. I mean, we had already messed with them plenty and plenty by that time. I mean, we basically. We, we basically sacked Mexico in some sense, you know, we just marched in there and took, took like half their land and we're like, oh, you know, you're not. And then we prevent, we assisted in their, the liberal government's uh, suppression of, of their, um, of their uh, conservative governments or their Catholic governments. And we helped make them anti-clericalist and, We've, we've been interfering with those types of things for a long time. It reminds me a little bit of Ukraine, uh, you know, helping them overthrow the uh, the duly elected. Was it, I don't know if it's president, the pro-Putin or the pro-Russian uh, president of Ukraine. You know, I just, I don't know why we have to mess with these stuff. It's like, kind of like Jordan Peterson always says, you know, clean your room and then you can tell, you know, clean yourself up before you tell everyone else what to do with their life and what's wrong with their, like before you try and fix the world, 
that's what America feels like uh, at at this you know at this point. We need to clean ourselves up before we try and tell everyone else what to do. Um, uh, John, not real name. What um, what was the sponsored coup in Chile? What, I don't. I'm not familiar with that. Can you? If you tell me, I'd, I'd love to hear what um, how the United, how Chile benefited from an American sponsored coup. Yeah, uh, Yanukovych, that's the pro-Russian leader, the president who got uh, overthrown. I don't, I don't really know the uh, details about that, but my understanding is, you know, it was basically a, a coup unto itself, or at least a revolution of some sort. Like, I don't get, I don't get why people are like, you know, we must, you know, we, I, I guess if they're, you know, the one sponsoring the revolutions that that take down um the the russian or the sort of the ukrainian government then i guess you would be wanting to protect this new government because you obviously have interest in in said government so that's kind of the american mentality well before the ninth the 20th century before the 21st century and before the 20th century this was kind of this was american policy for a long time and you know you get to you get to understand american history in a much better way i'll have to uh look up that um chile coup d'etat oh oh pinochet okay uh yeah okay Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know much about Pinochet. I, I know the left obviously hates him, but I, I and uh, anyway. So yeah, that's that's what I have to say about this uh, Puritan's Empire. You know, if you guys, I have the link in the description. I think it's it's a great book for any Catholic, especially an American, to for understanding history, and also it's probably good for your for anybody in Europe as well because. You, you get to see sort of how America has, you know, because America is one of the dominant powers, at least for the moment. And who, who's, who knows what will happen in the future. But you kind of have to understand the people who are running the hegemony at this point. Gotcha. So uh, Chile was a successful pro-life co- uh, country for a while. Um, anyways, so that's, that's kind of what I got to say. Um, so links in the description for Amazon. You can also get it at Tumblr house. Uh, and, uh, I hope everyone really enjoyed yesterday's, uh, episode with AM and Elena Maria Vidal and, um, and, uh, Charles Coulomb. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe. Join Discord or Telegram. I do uh, weekly plotter chats, as we call it, where basically I get into. I join the Discord and we chat, and it's you know it's a very casual um, situation. So if you're interested in joining that uh, weekly on Mondays, join the Discord. And hopefully, uh, I'll see you. Uh, uh, I'll have a, a see you later, but I will have another fairy tale episode tomorrow. 
uh, I think I said AM, but I, anyways, Apostolic Majesty was on yesterday's episode. I really appreciate he he shared uh, he shared the episode on his channel, and that was really awesome, and I'm very grateful for that. But anyways, tomorrow I'll have a fairy tale episode, and on Thursday I will. Um, or on Thursday, I'm going to be interviewing Thursday from Pints with Aquinas. And me and me, Darren, and him are going to be talking about what conservatism is. And we're going to be just talking about Burkean and um, sort of what, how that translates to America, sort of what, you know, all the different types of conservatism and what, what it means. And if it really means anything, to be honest. So, okay, that's Thursday night. God bless everyone. Bye.